Happy Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. So we are on the third day of the new year and I am on my third day of my new year's resolution. My voice is still on the struggle bus, so you will have to forgive me if it cracks and I sound like a 12-year-old boy in puberty, but it is what it is. So I have been doing lots of TikTok lives with you all and YouTube lives. Oh, see, look, there goes my voice. YouTube lives with you all. And based on those conversations, today's episode is going to be the topic of suspects that have been cleared in the JonBenet Ramsey case. Now, not that I want to give a second of my time to someone whom I believe is a clout-chasing hussy. Unfortunately, this person has inserted themselves into the Jean Benet Ramsey case, and this person, as a result of that, does get mentioned a lot when discussing the Jean Benet Ramsey case. In my opinion, I think we need to stop discussing this particular person, as I believe that we should not be rewarding what I consider clout-chasing hussy behavior with clout. But based on the comments in my TikTok and YouTube lives, I do need to address this person. So I will address this person minimally, and then I will resume my ways of addressing this person as minimally as possible. So without further ado, we will start by addressing, in my opinion, allegedly, supposedly, for legal purposes, the clout-chasing hussy that is John Mark Carr. And since I've said his name, oop, there goes my voice again, since I've said his name, we're going to continue forward by just addressing him under the nickname Hussy for today's episode. So Hussy's journey starts in 2005-ish when he allegedly starts sending emails to an alleged University of Colorado professor that we won't name that were really fucking interesting. According to the internet, these emails said things like, Jean Bonnet, my love, my life, I love you and shall forever love you. I pray that you can hear my voice calling out to you from my darkness, this darkness that now separates us. And these creepy-ass emails, allegedly, supposedly, continued to occur between Hussey and this professor journalist for four years. Another alleged email reads, She, of course, was asleep from the time that she was taken from her bed and I took her to the basement. And her first reaction was, where am I? And I said, you're in your basement. She wasn't in that little room to be disgraced. And I would never disgrace her or dishonor her. She was there temporarily. And what really hurts me is that she stayed there. And that's where her father found her. And it's just a horrible thing. And then in 2006, allegedly, Hussey claimed to have drugged Jean Benet and then sexually assaulted her. But just as a fucking fact check for y'all, that is not true. Because on her autopsy, clear as day, it says that there was no alcohol or drugs found in her system, nor does the autopsy say that she was sexually assaulted and there was no semen found. And I'm not saying that she was or wasn't. I'm just saying uh, I've seen a lot of different... (sighs) It just doesn't say explicitly that she was. I'll just leave it at that for today. 
So back to Hussey. Hussey was married in 1996, and his now ex-wife claims that he was with family in Georgia for the holidays in 1996, and then in 2001, he was arrested for possession of child pornography, and he fled the United States soon after and started drifting around Central America and Asia teaching English and doing other little drifter transient jobs. And after years of allegedly sending emails confessing to having killed John Benet Ramsey or stating that he didn't kill her, he was just there when she died, he finally gets arrested in 2006 in Thailand, which he then was extradited back to the United States. Now, allegedly, supposedly, in my opinion, I think somebody just wanted a free ride home back to the States, but I don't know. But what I do know is that his arrest in 2006 had an extreme magnitude of worldwide attention, the type of attention that you would expect for headlines reading an arrest in the Jean Benet Ramsey case. But here's the kicker some of the stuff he was saying, well, the math wasn't mathin'. And then they took a DNA sample from Hussey and they compared it to the DNA on file for the Jean Benet Ramsey case. So the DNA found in her underwear and underneath her fingernails, because this was in 2006, before the additional testing in 2008. And shocker. It was not a match to Hussey, although at the time people were shocked that it wasn't a match because Homeboy had been claiming to have done this, and it's really hard to fathom why somebody would do that. Clout chasing Hussey, but, oh, bless me. I think a lot of people were shocked in 2006. I mean, I remember when he was picked up, and, you know, people really thought that there was a breakthrough in this case. And the DNA didn't match, and everybody was like, what the fuck? Well, you know what? He says he didn't do it. He was just there when it happened. So maybe, you know, it's okay that his DNA is not there. Y'all, come on. Sure, that, sure. That's, that's a possibility. But, you know, he's saying things. He is saying things for his version of events for December 26th, 1996, and they are factually inaccurate. They are not true. And his DNA is not a match to the DNA on the evidence in the Ramsey case. And so after being held for a couple weeks, he was let go. And on August 28, 2006, Boulder County District Attorney Mary Lacey announced that DNA taken from Hussey did not match DNA found at the scene of the Ramsey case and said that charges would not be filed against him. And he was then later extradited back to California based on those outstanding 2001 child pornography charges. But ultimately, he got out of those as well. And with that, I could obviously get into great depth and detail about these alleged emails and alleged statements and fact checking them for what was true and not true and made no damn sense and alibis, alleged alibis, and all of I mean, I could get into the weeds on this shit, but in my opinion, I think that would be a waste of our time, and in my opinion, it would be a waste of time to get into the weeds discussing all of those details, given that we know DNA has cleared him, and 
what he said, the math wasn't mathing, and family members say that he was in a different state. But beyond that, in my opinion, it would also be an award for clout chasing hussy behavior to continue to discuss it with the time and effort it would take to get into that level of depth and detail. And I'm just not going to subscribe us to that fuckery. So we're going to move the fuck on. Next up, we have Gary Oliva. I can see why Gary Oliva was a very compelling suspect in the JonBenet Ramsey case. He had been arrested and convicted of sexually assaulting a small child, and he had also, allegedly, supposedly, tried to strangle his mother with a telephone cord. But here's what landed him on the radar for the Ramsey case. Around four years after JonBenet Ramsey's murder, Gary Oliva was arrested for trespassing on the University of Colorado Boulder's college campus. And he had a backpack on him, and police open his backpack, and inside he has a taser, which is interesting if you believe Lou Smith's theory that Jean Benet had been tased, and a weird ass poem about Jean Benet Ramsey. So the University of Colorado Boulder's police get in contact with Boulder police, and they're like, hey, yo, get down here. You might want to look at this dude that we just arrested because shit's getting a little weird. That, in combination with his prior criminal history, which we already discussed, and the fact that he was homeless at the time and allegedly suffering from some mental health issues, and because he was homeless, he had an address associated with him, which was a church 13 houses down from the Ramsey's house around the time of the murder. And then, to add fuel to fire... He allegedly supposedly had the shrine to Jean Benet and like Monopoly money with her fucking face cut out and put on it. Like it, it shit was weird. Like I'm not even gonna try to like glaze over this. Like it was real weird. But um you have to take into account also the alleged mental health issues here. But yeah, undoubtedly shit was fucking weird. So for obvious reasons, Gary Oliva was hella compelling. Like he's got this criminal history of having sexually assaulted a minor and the whole phone cord and his mother incident and the fact that he had an address associated to him, which was 13 houses down from the Ramseys and this stun gun and the poem and the alleged shrine. And like, obviously, you can see why he was really compelling because, yeah, And then they get a DNA sample from him, and it was not a match. So Gary Oliva has been cleared through DNA evidence. But wait, there's more. After all of this, Gary Oliva was convicted for child pornography charges in Colorado and got sentenced to 10 years for that. Okay, so then, while serving his time... He did what we see all the time, which is write letters from prison because it's not like they have too much else to fucking do in there. And from the comfort of his jail cell, he has continued to, despite having been cleared through DNA evidence, confess to the killing of JonBenet Ramsey in jailhouse letters. And of course, they've got to be... <laughs> As expected, and they say things allegedly, supposedly like, 
Jean-Benet completely changed me and removed all evil from me. Just one look at her beautiful face, her glowing beautiful skin, and her divine god body. I realized I was wrong to kill other kids, yet by accident she died and it was my fault. But I stupidly let her die and from there I just degenerated into an even more evil person than I was. I just gave up and didn't care since I realized she was dead. If I had only paid attention, we would have a family now and be living on a private island. Instead, I let the one I love die in my arms and helplessly watch the life drain from her eyes as all light went out. Like, honestly, oh, for fuck's sake. I'm being dead-ass serious when I say this. Mental health issues are a real thing, and people need to take them seriously. Honestly, I'm sitting here feeling a little ick, a little remorseful for reading that into the mic. I guess I'm going to leave it for educational purposes, but... mm. I hate that we know that this guy has been cleared through DNA evidence, and yet he is still making headline news because he has confessed to the JonBenet Ramsey case, and the news and media continue to publish it, despite the fact that we know he's been cleared through DNA evidence. I mean, I'm a hypocritical fuck sitting here doing it too. In my defense, I'm not addressing it because I'm going to make a ton of money off of the headline that a man that has been cleared through DNA evidence continues to confess to the murder of JonBenet Ramsey and conveniently report on it without mentioning that he has been cleared through DNA evidence. I'm addressing it because I feel like I have to because it gets brought up on literally every single live that we have had discussing this case, and I want to address it so that I can stop addressing it, but... Oh, I feel ick. I mean, I realize that I am addressing it for the sake of fact first fuckery and educational purposes, but still. Woof. All right, we'll move on to somebody else that gets brought up a lot, which is Santa. Now, I am not going to address him by his government name. Why? Because he's not been arrested for child pornography or sexually assaulting anyone. He's not got a criminal record. He was just a normal human being that got drugged into this case who has his own personal tragedies, which we'll get into, but I'm not going to address him by his government name. I'm going to call him Santa. Each and every one of you knows exactly who the fuck I'm talking about when I say Santa, so that's all he needs to be referenced as. And also, the man is deceased, so into clearing Santa we go. Ramsey Santa was a former University of Colorado journalism professor, and he looked just like Santa, and so he portrayed Santa, and the Ramses hired him. This was actually the third consecutive year that they had hired him to play Santa at their house for their Christmas parties. Now, because shit is always weirder in reality than fiction... Santa's wife, Mrs. Santa Claus, wrote a play prior to the killing of JonBenet Ramsey that eerily paralleled what happened to JonBenet Ramsey. The irony is rich there and not in a good way, and a lot of people have latched on to that. It is weird. 
But sometimes shit is just weird. Now, to add another layer to this, Santa's middle daughter, she was nine at the time, was abducted on December 26th, 1974, along with a friend and unfortunately witnessed the friend be sexually assaulted by their abductor. Thankfully, his daughter did survive that incident as well as her friend. And yes, you heard that correct. That incident occurred on the exact same day, December 26th, as all of the stuff with Jean Benet Ramsey. It just occurred 22 years prior. And like, listen, I get it. It's ironic. It sure as shit is. And again, reality is crazier than anything fiction could ever dream up. And there are endless scenarios where things look a certain way and they aren't that way. I shouldn't even have to explain that. But I get it, right? It's giving, hey, Siri, play Alanis Morissette. Isn't it ironic? That's the vibe it's giving. I get it. I do. But he's been cleared through DNA evidence. It was not Santa. And then that brings us to Michael Helgoth. Now, lots of y'all have asked me about this on the lives, and I really don't want to get too much Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole here, so I'm just going to briefly address this one, if you will. And of course, I will explain why. My why is this. He got drug into the Ramsey case based on what an acquaintance of his had to say about him and some things that he had said and some past behavior, and... From there, lots of conjecture has been thrown around as to his relevance in the Ramsey case. But in my opinion, his relevance as it applies to the Ramsey case is nothing but conjecture. And for those reasons, I don't want to waste my time or yours getting into the weeds on this one. So we'll just address it enough to address it. To make a long story short, an acquaintance of his said that allegedly, supposedly, I don't know shit about fuck. He had said that he had a new job coming up where he was going to make like $50,000 around Christmas time. And that he had a history, allegedly, supposedly, of being mean to animals. And he had a military background. And allegedly, supposedly, he had a significant other that had a small child that he said he didn't trust himself around. And for all of these reasons, this acquaintance called this tip into the Boulder Police Department saying like, yo, I think you need to look at this guy for these reasons. Oh, and the most compelling aspect to some is that Michael allegedly committed suicide after Boulder District Attorney made the very public statement I want to say something to the person or persons that took this baby from us. The list of suspects narrows. Soon there will be no one on the list but you. And the next morning after that statement was made in a press conference, Michael Helgoth, age 26, was found dead in his home. Michael died as a result of a gunshot wound to the head and there has been lots of controversy about this. Allegedly, 
He was shot on, let's say, the left side, and allegedly he was right-handed, so people have some questions about that. And, you know, it's been widely speculated that perhaps that was a murder and not a suicide, but we're not going to get into the weeds there. We're going to stay focused on how it applies to the JonBenet Ramsey case. There were things of note, such as he owned a stun gun, but lots of people do. And he had high-tech boots, but so do a lot of other people. And they never linked any of these items back to the Ramsey case. So while I can see how the things that the acquaintance that knew him said could be interesting, and that some people might consider the fact that he owned a stun gun and high-tech boots to be interesting, you have to keep in mind that they have high-tech boot prints from the boot found at the Ramsey case to easily compare to his boots that they found at his house. And at the end of the day, they never connected a single piece of evidence back to the Ramsey case. And his entire connection to the Ramsey case is based on nothing more and nothing less than conjecture and allegedly supposedly's. And with that, I think that covers the majority or the repeat names that I continue to see brought up in the live discussions as it applies to the Ramsey case. Hopefully, today's episode of The Situation helped clear up some fact-verse fuckery, help straighten out some misconceptions, or cleared up some confusion or clarified some things. Either way, I hope that you either enjoyed listening to today's Situation episode or learn something new from today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's situation episode. I appreciate all of the support and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you guys either later on social media lives or on the next episode.